Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today for day three with Mary Jo Tate. This is part of our Meet the Cast uh, lineup and I'm so excited to have Mary Jo on with me this week. We have been talking about single parent homeschooling. Um, We've talked a little bit about what to do when life just gets really complicated. How do we handle that? And that's whether you're a single parent or not uh, because it's hard to know, like how, how do we balance all of this stuff? And so one of the things that Mary Jo, you have learned to balance through the years is home business. And you know, homeschooling is a full-time job on its own. And being a parent is a a full-time job on its own. Amen. And then you throw in a home business to it. How in the world do you do it all? Well, that's the question. In fact, at one time I had a, online course called How Do You Do It All? Because that was the exact question people were always asking me. And I have a two-part answer. I don't. (laughs) And I redefine what it all means. Uh, That's the short, sassy answer. But there obviously are a lot of steps to that because the truth is nobody can do it all. It's an illusion. It's a lie. It's a burden that nobody can bear. Um, And so what you have to do is... uh, learn. You have to grow and uh, see the possibilities for your life and the way things are now. Mm -hmm. You have to know, get some education, learn about business, figure out what it is that you want to do. I would suggest you're looking at what you love to do, uh, what you're really good at, what you may already be doing in some way, and frankly, what people are willing to pay money for, because otherwise it's not a business, it's a hobby. Nothing wrong with hobbies, but they won't pay the electric bill. Right. Um, So grow, know, and go. Once you learn these things and figure them out, you have to take action and apply what you've learned and build on it. You have to get out of your comfort zone, particularly if you've not had a home business before. It can be kind of a scary endeavor. I had already been editing part-time and even wrote my first book uh, before I was a single mom. And uh, just sort of fit those things in on the side. But when my husband left, I had to take what had been a part-time, sometime editing business and build it up into something that could support my family. God provided a lot of other ways during those years that I was building it up. uh, And I'm thankful for that. But home business fits well with homeschooling. And in fact, sometimes you can even involve your kids in your home business, particularly if you have a business that involves packing and shipping and things like that. Uh, But the truth is that in order to add a home business, you have to subtract something else. You cannot just take a life that's already at 100% capacity and say, hey, I'm going to start a business on top of this. You have to find something you can let go of. There's an opportunity cost to every choice that we make. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we're going to say yes to one thing, we're going to have to say no to some other things. One of the things that was most helpful for me was setting goals. And I know that sounds like old hat for a lot of people, But setting goals uh, literally on a piece of paper every week was revolutionary, especially when I was just getting started. Um, 
I like to set goals in three categories, personal, family, and business. There's a little bit of overlap, especially for homeschoolers, but they need to be specific and measurable. You need to write them down and you need to share them with somebody who can hold you accountable. And this helps you keep things in balance. They're not going to be identical every week and you're not always going to have exactly the same amount of time to each of these areas of personal and family and business. Some weeks there's going to be uh, more things in one category than the other, but this gets you a feel for the patterns of your life. And for me, Sunday afternoons were a good time to review the week that was just finished and to set goals for the week ahead so that when Monday morning started, I could sort of hit the ground running. Taking just half an hour every week for planning and setting goals will help you, uh, it will multiply your productivity and really help to relieve stress and frustration. When you say that you took a half hour to set goals for the week ahead, did you, are you talking about setting like personal goals or homeschooling goals or, or everything? Everything. Okay. I literally would have three categories on my paper. I know some people actually fold a piece of paper into thirds. For me, I typed a list and taped it to my bathroom mirror, but I literally have like bold, all cap color uh, headings. One is labeled personal. That's where I put goals like remembering to take new supplements or trying to uh, build the discipline of getting up at a consistent time or exercising, or if I'm having lunch with a friend, anything like that goes on there. The family section is going to include specific homeschooling goals, extracurricular activities, maybe special events, something that we're going to do, a field trip, anything like that. And then business, of course, obviously anything to do with home business goes in there, deadlines, uh, clients that you need to talk to, projects you need to complete, all that kind of thing. Right. And, and I would imagine they kind of repeat, you know, many of them, they oh, kind yeah. of overlap and repeat. Absolutely. So it's not like you're setting new goals every single right. week. Right. But you're tracking yourself. Sure. And I've found, uh, I even I actually keep some of my goals on my phone now so that every day I can hold myself accountable for things like, am I taking all the nutritional supplements that I right. need to have to maintain my health? You yeah. Know? yeah. And I'm proud to say that I've written all next to every day for, for about a month now. I'm real proud of myself for nice. that. <laughs> I love checklists. Are you one of yes. those people who, like after you've accomplished something, if you don't have a checklist for it, will you make a checklist so that you can have the satisfaction <laughs> of checking it off? How I do. did you know where the that. hidden camera? <laughs> <laughs> you you nailed me absolutely because there's such a sense of accomplishment yes. to check something off a list of goals. Yeah, I love it. I I do that myself. <laughs> like, oh, did that? Yep, I'm gonna write that yep. on my list and I, check it off. <laughs> I think we're twins separated at birth. <laughs> I think so too. One of the things that I appreciate that you talked about is doing what you love to do and what God created you to do because. Mm-hmm. We, we talk all the time on the podcast about how God created each one of us on purpose and for a purpose. And Absolutely. I think sometimes it's hard to figure out what that is, but God has gifted each one of us with a certain ability and talent and gifting to do something. Absolutely. And and I, I strongly believe that we all have a purpose in his kingdom mm-hmm. and that he's given us an ability to impact his kingdom in some way. Now that could mean working at a grocery store mm-hmm. and talking to people about Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. But whatever that is, I think it's important for us to hone in on that. But I do want to ask you a question because you you kind of blew past this, but you said, you know, you, you spent years, you had um, started editing and you wrote your first mm-hmm. book become, before you became a single parent. And then afterwards, you had to spend some time building up your business mm-hmm. as an mm-hmm. editor, um, but that God had provided for you during that time of, you know, building up your business, 
Can you share with us maybe some of the ways that God did provide for you during that time? Absolutely. Number one, I had the best mom and dad on the whole planet. Uh, they helped us financially. They uh, were not wealthy people. My mom has passed on since then. My dad is still living and is still a blessing to us. They they were not wealthy, but they helped us and frankly tidied us over in ways. Wow. To be honest, there were a few years at the beginning where we were on food stamps because my income was so low while I was building up that we qualified. I really struggled with that. Uh, but we were in circumstances that qualified and that were the kind of safety net that it was intended for. And one of my happiest days in my business was the day that I got a check that was so large that it immediately disqualified me. Nice. And so that, but, but there are safety nets. The church helped us. As I mentioned before, when I was talking about ways people can help single parents, um, you know, sometimes I would receive anonymous gifts, gifts from the Deacons Fund. One year I posted uh, books for sale online. And uh, not only did people buy books, but I found $200 cash in my mailbox to buy Christmas gifts for my kids. Wow. wow. That's amazing. It, it's yeah. neat to see how God is just faithful during these times when it just seems like, you know, we don't know what to do. I mean, we've had many situations like that. I remember one time going to the mailbox. Um, this was, you know, 20 something years ago. And we just had a really rough month. And I went to the mailbox and there was a check and I, I can't remember exactly how much it was for it, but it was like a hundred dollars and mm -hmm. it was unexpected. And at that time it was like a hundred dollars. That's amazing. And yeah. I just knew it was God's provision and uh, God does provide in the most amazing ways. Uh, let's Absolutely. take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Mary Jo. Um, you know, I love that you're talking about home business um, and just what it looks like to have a full-time job on top of homeschooling and mm -hmm. parenting and, you know, being the chauffeur and being the nurse and being mm -hmm. all the things. All um, the things. But how, how do you balance work with actually being there for your kids? I have found this to be difficult um, myself. You know, I, I don't work a lot, but I do work some as, you know, obviously I'm working right now, we're doing the podcast. Yeah. And so sometimes I find it really difficult to balance those two things. And I feel mm -hmm. like I'm constantly like, sorry, girls, I can't talk to you right now because yeah. I have to send an email. I have to make a phone call. I have to podcast. Um, and I, I, I definitely have learned to say no. I mean, that's probably mm -hmm. been the biggest thing for me is that I've learned that mm -hmm. some things I just have to say, no, I, I just can't do this thing that you're asking me to do to other people so right, that right. I can be there with my kids. Right. Uh, but how did you find that balance? Well, uh, balance is one of my favorite words. That's what's in the subtitle of my book. Uh, and it, ironically, it's sort of um, disparaged in some places today. But for me, um, finding balance partly is uh, mindset. Uh, we often talk about juggling our responsibilities. Um, but you know what happens when you juggle, you end up dropping the ball. Yeah. And so I think, um, 
that tightrope walking is a better metaphor. I remember watching Nick Melinda cross Niagara Falls and later the Grand Canyon. And I heard an interview with him where he talked about how he uses the balance pole as an extension of his arms to help him balance and adjust. He talked about adjusting to changing conditions so that if he's up there and a gust of wind comes along, he can use that pole to regain his balance and not fall off into the Grand Canyon. (laughs) Um, If, if the cable that he's walking on starts to bounce, he will actually kneel on the wire. Uh I saw him do it. It freaked me out, but he knows how to do it. He will kneel until the wire stabilizes. And to me, that's a beautiful metaphor Mm. of the life of busy parents uh, trying to balance all of those activities. Uh, Life is a marathon, not a sprint. So you have to find a pace that you can maintain for the long haul. Now, what's interesting is, as I mentioned, um, a lot of people criticize the idea of balance, say that it's a false, false goal, that it can't even be done. Um, And I think that's because we're thinking about balance a different way. I think the critics of balance are looking at as a pie chart with every slice of pie being exactly the same size. Um, And that's, I don't think that's a very good image. I look at it more as that old fashioned balance scale like Lady Liberty has, where you've Mm -hmm. got a dish on each side. And if you put in exactly the same number of feathers on one side and exactly the same number of rocks on the other side, it wouldn't balance with it. It's not about spending an equal amount of time and attention on everything. It's about spending an appropriate amount mm. of time and attention on everything. And what is appropriate shifts. And that's why we I go back to the sort of weekly goal setting and review that I talked about, because that's when you figure out how your life is shifting and how you can make the adjustments that you need. You need to eliminate as much as possible and prioritize the rest. You have to say no to good things. Man, that's hard to do. It's easy to say no to bad things, but hard to say no to good things. But you have to say no to the good so you can say yes to the best. You need to be very intentional and selective about outside commitments like extracurricular activities. And don't let the necessity of running your business crowd out precious family time. There are times when we do have to say no. And I'm sorry I'm not available now, but we had a family movie night every Friday night. No matter what was going on, we watched a movie and had popcorn and the kids slept on the floor. I went to my bed like a (laughs) sensible person, but they loved camping out in the living room. And so you just have to uh, find ways to give that appropriate amount of attention every area of your life and not neglect one for the other. And it's a constantly shifting process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is great encouragement. Let me ask you another hard question. So this doesn't have to do with balance, but how do you handle interruptions from your kids? Because obviously when you're working at home and and I shouldn't just say from your kids, there are interruptions in this. Again, this is something that I really struggle with is it's, you know, my phone is dinging with text messages or Mm -hmm. Facebook, you know, messages or phone calls, or, I mean, like there's always something. And then, you know, my girls, and I hate to use the word interruption because I don't feel like my girls are ever an interruption to me, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. almost has a connotation of like they're a disruption or inconvenience Mm -hmm. to me. And that is not at all what I mean. My, my girls and my husband are my priority. Um, and especially, you know, during the homeschool day when I am focused on them. Okay. Uh, but how do you, when you're working from home, especially, how do you handle all of the things that are thrown at you throughout the day? 
Well, you saved the top one for last, didn't you? What do we got for this one? 45 minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go quite that long. But yeah, I think this is really where the rubber meets the road. And as you've already acknowledged, interruptions can distract us. They can hinder our productivity, but they can also trigger bad attitudes, make us irritable, and most insidious, they can confuse us about what's really important. You are careful not to say, call your children interruptions. Okay, technically they are interrupting you if they come in while you're trying to record a podcast. (laughs) But we do need to see them as blessings, not hindrances. And yet we have to find ways to set boundaries. And as you acknowledge too, it's not not just your family. There are, um, you can be interrupted by activities and stuff and people. We're going to spend the most time talking about people, but activities, overcommitment can be an interruption. And so you have to edit your life, eliminate things, and focus on what each person in your family is passionate about and let the rest go. Um, you can be your own bigness, biggest hindrance and interruption by having bad attitudes like pride, whining. It's hard to say this as an editor. Perfectionism can be a trap, fear, false guilt. And so I encourage you, um, instead of saying, I can't do this, to ask, how can I? And that can create a great attitude shift. Family, let's face it, for the homeschooling family, an awful lot of our interruptions or distractions or whatever we want to call it do, in fact, come from family members. And so just as you were acknowledging, we have to find a balance between accessibility, which allows interruptions, and boundaries, which are intended to prevent interruptions. Um, boundaries of time and space. We want to be accessible, include our children in our work when we can, and be really there during family time. That was a hard one for me. But we do need boundaries where we're not accessible. Boundaries of time means you're not available on demand all the time. It depends on the ages of your children. If you have a toddler, you do, in fact, have to be available all the time. You need to be sensitive to important interruptions, but you also need uninterrupted time for planning and reflection and Bible study and maybe even a sanity break. If you uh, Time blocking can be really useful. So maybe you have mornings for school, afternoons for independent lessons and evenings for chores and home business work or whatever. You know, whatever works for your family. You can use your kids' nap time when they're young, but don't sacrifice your own sleep. Um, I used to work in one hour blocks of time. And so when I would go to my office to edit, I would tell the kids, I'm about to edit for an hour. What do you need from me before I get started? Um, I also train them to ask themselves, how would you handle it if I weren't here? Hmm. For example, they interrupted my work, but they did not wake me up if I was taking a nap. Somehow I managed to inculcate the seriousness (laughs) of that to them. And it was a lifesaver. My youngest son, I forget how old he was when this happened, but I think he was maybe about fifth or sixth grade. He actually figured out on his own to, when he came into my office, to look over my shoulder at the computer screen. And if a Word document was up there, he knew I was editing and he should go away and come back later if it wasn't an emergency. But if I had Facebook open, I was probably interruptible. So (laughs) I like that he was able to figure that out on his own. Uh, We also need boundaries of space. Um, This is especially if you have a home business. It's great to spend a lot of time in the family room or the kitchen with a laptop or a tablet. I know some people who have written homeschool curriculum on their kitchen table in the middle of family chaos. That would not work for me. Um, (laughs) Me neither. Yeah. Having some kind of a separate area, uh, even a separate room with a door um, so you can set your work up separately, maybe a foyer or a bedroom or a freestanding folding screen. 
and you need mental concentration for some kinds of work. Um, sometimes it involves having childcare. I had babysitters, teenage girls come to the house sometimes to work with my kids and um, help them with lessons and even and do household chores. Um, we need to teach our kids independence, initiative, and responsibility. Um, there are seasons of life. Um, older kids can do more than younger kids can. Um, some of my favorite memories are finding out that um, my third son had taught my fourth son how to use the toaster because he was tired of toasting his waffles <laughs> for his freezer waffles for him. <laughs> and another time I came into the kitchen to find the five-year-old teaching his oldest big brother how to cook an omelet. Oh, so, wow. you know, kids can do a lot of things um, independently and taking initiative. If they can learn to do things on their own initiative because micromanaging is inefficient. Yeah. Um, delegating household chores. Oh, my goodness. My kids did all the work of running the house, taking care of the pets, taking care of the yard, cleaning the house, doing all of the laundry except my personal clothing. And I, I have joked for years that I was going to have to hire a staff when my kids left home. And I'm starting to see that because <laughs> I know this is going to come as a shock. Just this year, I have had to start cleaning my own bathroom and emptying my own trash for the first time in something like 15 years. Wow, that's amazing. But the, my two sons who are married, uh, the, and the two who aren't married know this too, but they're just not practicing it as much. You know, they know how to run a household. Yeah. They have very, I have very grateful daughters-in-law because of what my boys have learned. Yeah. And so that's important. Other people as well, um, people have, uh, you can't have an inappropriate sense of obligation. You cannot say yes to everybody. Yeah. Don't answer the phone if you're working. I turn the ringer off my phone. You don't have to answer every text message, every email. Uh, one of my favorite tips is to reply to uh, phone messages or text by email. Hardly anybody calls anymore. <laughs> but you do not have to be available 24-7 just because technology allows you to do it. I never answer the doorbell. <laughs> you know, um, and you have to be cautious about recreational use of technology as well. Social media is a wonderful tool. It can create a lot of opportunities and a lot of fellowship and wonderful resources, just, just like I know our conversation is going to be shared partly on social media. Right. But if we go on on Facebook first thing in the morning and check, an hour can can uh, disappear before we finish it. Yeah. So just be a good steward of the resources that you have and um, figure out ways to manage your time wisely, but be open to God's leading. And for me, I've given some practical tips about how to manage and avoid and handle interruptions, but ultimately God is in control of our time. Yeah. And sometimes interruptions happen despite our best laid plans. So I encourage you to pray for discernment, to know how to respond to each situation. Sometimes the appropriate response is to ignore an interruption and continue with the task at hand. And other times an interruption is a signal to be sensitive to God's timing and an opportunity to serve someone who really needs you. And I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. It's from one of his letters. He said, what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life, the life God is sending one day by day. And that's that for me, that's the bottom line. Amen. Oh, that is great encouragement. That was like a fire hose right there. So yes. people are going <laughs> to have to short go version. <laughs> oh, There's goodness. a whole chapter in my book just on interruptions. Okay. And your book, again, we mentioned it in the first episode. It's yeah. called Flourish. What's the full title balance of it? For homeschool, Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms. Okay. And um, as I mentioned in an earlier episode, it is out of print now, but I have several cases in my uh, library. 
And um, so I'm happy to fill orders. You can uh, get it through my website, flourishathome.com, and it's also available uh, in digital format as well. Awesome. Okay. You guys would be so encouraged by that book. Order it from her website. You can still get it. Um, I think if you look for it on Amazon, you probably won't find it except for the digital version, Um, but definitely an excellent book. So I'm going to ask you one last question. I did not tell you I was going to ask you this because I didn't think about it until we were recording. That is fine. But I'm going to throw this at you and you're going to have a really hard time answering it. Are you ready? I'm ready. With your 50 million books that you have in your home, (laughs) what are your top three favorite books? You know, somebody asked me top three last night. Really? And I'm going to cheat on you just like I did on her. Okay. All right. So Eudora Welty's memoir, One Writer's Beginnings, Pride and Prejudice, Jane Eyre, The Great Gatsby and To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, okay. in the hiding place. That's oh, sick. sorry. I don't. I told you earlier. I don't do numbers. I do words. <laughs> well, I love that you said the hiding place because that is one of my favorite books. That is actually, yeah. I think, if if you know, I were stranded on an island, mm-hmm. and I could only take three books with me, mm-hmm. I would take my Bible, the Hiding Place, and the Little House on the Prairie series, mm. because I consider that all one book. <laughs> I love those. Anyway, take this. The series kind of one book, which reminds yes. me that I left out Jan Karen's Mitford series and the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, goodness. Okay. So those, those eight are my top three. <laughs> okay. I love it. We can, we, you know, this is not about math. We're not talking about math. So <laughs> there you go. Absolutely not. And, you know, I, I love very few people leave a conversation with me uh, without a book recommendation. And uh, we, we run out of time to talk deeply about books. But if you love to read, if you would like to learn how to be a better reader, I have a Facebook page called Avid Readers. Uh, it's Avid Readers, Mary Jo Tate. The easiest way to find it is avidreaders.net. And we have a lot of fun talking about what we're reading Warning, it can be a little bit dangerous to either your book budget or <laughs> your library tote bag, but it's a lot of fun. That's so fun. Well, I'm I'm constantly throwing out resources at, at our people, at our audience, yep. saying, go buy this, go buy that, go buy this, go buy that. And um, I, I told them before, I said, people need to just have their own schoolhouse rocked bank account so that <laughs> when we have all of these amazing resources, they can just pull from that account and it's all in the budget and it's all good in the end. So, yeah, um, yeah. so thank you again, Mary Jo, so much. We will put all of your links in the show notes and, and I'll try to get those books from you. I, I mean, the, the list of books that you rattled off so that we can okay. add those to I the will. show notes as well. And people can maybe, yeah. um, look at those. Thank you so much this week for joining us and for the encouragement that you have brought to me, to single parents, um, and to those who are even just trying to work from home, whether single or not. Um, there's, there's so much wisdom in everything that you've shared this week, and I really do appreciate your time very much. Well, thanks so much of it. It has been a real joy. It is a delight to me to be able to uh, encourage others and to share how God has worked in my own life as a source of inspiration and encouragement for other people. And I'm excited to see how God will be working in the lives of everybody who's listening. Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you for being part of the movie, too. This was part of our Meet the, ah, the Cast so lineup. Fun. That was fun. We, we filmed with you in, in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, which is not too far from where you live. Um, so right. that was really right. exciting to get to do that. As a matter of fact, Janice Campbell, we had interviewed her and she said, you've got to get Mary Jo Tate in this movie. And I was like, oh, okay. I love Janice. She's so sweet. So she's going to be on the podcast actually in a few weeks and uh, we're excited to get her on as well. So thank you for your time this week. You are a blessing. Thank you guys for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your week and we will see you back here on Monday with another great guest. Bye.
Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations. Christian homeschooling simplified.